recording. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good day, everyone. And thank you again for joining in this Pirkeovo Zoom that we are conducting during the current situation. We're in Perry Gimbal and we're at Mishnah Chafalas. Rabbi Elozor ben Azariah Omer. Now, Rabbi Elozor ben Azariah is famous to us because of his statement that we have in the Haggadah of Pesach. I am as though I am 70 years old and I didn't understand the halacha to say Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim Balelos until I heard the Drosha Ben Zoma. So uh, Rabbi Lozman Azariah is a fascinating personality. Uh, the Talmud tells us that there was a great dispute between the Ram Gamliel of Yavne, the second Ram Gamliel, and between Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania and uh, Ram Gamliel acted in a way that the other Chachomim felt was abusive towards Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania. And therefore, uh, they deposed Ram Gamliel from being the Nasi, the head of the Sanhedrin. And that was called in uh, the Talmud, Bobayom. That day, it was a special day. And on that day, there were many changes that were instituted. Uh, the uh, Ram Gamliel held that uh, the student body had to be elitist. And uh, Anyone that was not Tocho Kabaro, that he felt was insincere, uh, had motives for coming in to learn. He wasn't learning for the sake of learning itself, <clears throat> was to be excluded. And he put guards up at the door to, to do so. I don't know if they had uh, a corona test virus to determine how, but there were such guards. And uh, on the day that Ram Gamliel was deposed, the guard was removed. And it says, when Israbu Nafsolim Samedrish. And on that day, they had to bring in more benches, more chairs, because a lot of people came in. And uh, from there, we have the. Uh, Famous statement of Chazal, even if a person started out insincere, we should let him in to study Torah because the effect of Torah will be so positive upon him that eventually he will become sincere. So then the question arose, who should be the head of the Sanhedrin if you just deposed Ram Gamliel? So the rabbi said, we can't appoint Rabbi Yoshua 
because he was the uh, antagonist, he was the other party, and that would be too great an insult to Ram Gamliel. So we have to look for a compromise candidate, someone that no one would have objections to. In other words, it would be great enough to be the head of the Sanhedrin, but would not be associated with the uh, dispute uh, that that brought him to be the head of the Sanhedrin. And they chose Rebeloza ben Azariah, who was a Kohen, not from the family of the Nassim, the family of Hillel, because they were from the tribe of Yehuda, uh, descended through uh, their uh, maternal line from David HaMelech. And uh, Rebbe Lozav was a very young man. Uh, one opinion in Chazal was that he was 18, and the other opinion was he was 21. But in any event, he was a very young person to have such a responsibility and such an honor. And uh, the, the Talmud teaches us that uh, uh, overnight uh, his uh, beard turned white so that he didn't look 18 or 21 in order that they would have more respect for him. Others say uh, very cogently that if you accept upon yourself the leadership in the Jewish people, you will age very quickly. And it's not only true with the Jewish people, it's true in the world generally. If you look at the photographs of, let us say, presidents of the United States, when they entered office and how they looked four years later or eight years later, a different person because the pressures of leadership are enormous and they are physical and psychological and they take a toll upon the person. So Revelozit and Azaria was the head of the Sanhedrin. After a period of time, uh, the rabbis reconciled with Ram Gamliel. Ram Gamliel uh, apologized. He uh, agreed that uh, he should not have been so high-handed in his behavior. And therefore, the rabbis wanted to restore him to his position because he was the great man of the generation. But we have aloha malin vein moridin. When you promote somebody, you don't demote him. So we can't uh, demote Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah. And we can't have two heads at the same time. So the Gemara says that they came to a compromise that for three weeks, Ram Gamliel would serve as the Nasi, and for the fourth week, 
Rebelozer ben Azariah would serve as the Nasi. And you have that uh, occurring in Chazal a few times that one of the rabbis met another one and that other one had been that week in Yavne or he had been where the Sanhedrin was. So we asked him, Shabbos Shalmi Hoysa. Who, whose Shabbos was it? Meaning, was it Rabbi Gamliel that was in charge or Rabbi Lozer When uh, after that generation passed, so then Rabbi Lozer, Gamliel's son, Shimon Gamliel, succeeded to be the only Nossi because of Elijah ben Azariah, again, was a Kohen, and the Kohanim uh, were not entitled to uh, head the Sanhedrin, except in this emergency. So uh, we see him in a uh, peculiar situation. And uh, as I mentioned before, he, so to speak, is a compromise candidate. So he's a person of moderation because they would not have appointed somebody that had uh, extreme views because that would only start up again the problem. So they wanted somebody that would be, uh, let's say, balanced. That would see the whole picture and not be committed to one part of the scale over the other. Such people are very hard to find. They've always been hard to find. And uh, Jewish history is replete with uh, differences of opinion and even uh, more severe cases of disputes and sometimes, God forbid, even of violence. over strongly held principles or over strong personalities. And Rebbe Azariah was not such a person. He was a person that bridged all of the groupings uh, that everyone found in him, so to speak, a kindred soul that would be able to represent them as well. And again, I mentioned that those are rare people. It's not easy to find such people. And especially in our world today, which is very uh, polarized and politicized. uh, So then it becomes even rarer to find such a person. Because then people are trying to pigeonhole you. They're trying to put you into, uh, he must be this or he must be that. He's wearing a black yarmulke. He's wearing a kippasuga. He's this, he's that. So we stereotype people based on uh, a very uh, cursory judgment of them. So because of that, uh, Lozer ben Azariah is uh, really uh, 
a shining light throughout the Talmud as to uh, the great leadership quality of being able to be not all things to all people, but being able to be the person that even if I don't agree with him, I nevertheless respect him and I'm happy that he's the head of the Sanhedrin. So what did he have to say here? So he had, he, this whole mission of Rabbi Lozab and Azariah is again one of balance, of opposites. And he's in the middle. Uh, the masculine in the 19th and 20th century uh, had a slogan that they would say, When you're outside in the world, be a citizen of the world like everybody else, all of humanity. Inside your house, then you can be Jewish. So they preached a a schizophrenic view of uh, how people have to be. And that doesn't take hold. You can't just switch it on and off. You can't just say, well, when I come in the house, I'm going to be Jewish. But when I'm outside in the marketplace, I'm just like everybody else. I'm a secular. You don't have to know. It doesn't work that way. People are not uh, built that way. And therefore, uh, Rabbi Lozab and Azario preaches the balance that the person is the same inside and outside. The person is the same wherever he is. And that's really our mission. Our mission is to be a Jew wherever we are. They have the same values. They have the same Torah perspective. Be able to view the world as a whole, but to see the special role that the Jewish people in Torah place in it, play in it. So we blessed Ben Azariah says he made Torah in Derech Eretz. We made Derech Eretz in Torah. If there is no Torah, then there's no Derech Eretz. Now, Derech Eretz, I've discussed with you many times, has many, many different meanings and many nuances to each meaning. But basically, it means that society can run. It's acceptable society. It's a society in which we can function. If there's no Torah, then there cannot be such a society. Meaning if there's no morality, there's no basis of higher authority of the fact that we are held with a sense of mission and accomplishment. So ain't there a heret? So then there's no society. Chazal point that out to us in the Chumash over and over again. There was the Tower of Bovel. So that society was destroyed because there was no morality. The society of Zdom is destroyed because there's no morality. 
And if we look in human history, uh, we see that all of the empires that existed in the world and imploded and fell, fell because of inner rot. They felt because they, there was no morality within them to sustain them. There's no mission. There's no vision. We got sidetracked on all sorts of issues, ideological and otherwise. We lost the uh, main central purpose for being. So if there's Torah, there can be Derech Eretz. Torah here means certainly in the Jewish world, means observance of mitzvahs. It means the value system of Torah. It means the behavior system of Torah. It means the concepts of Torah. So then there's their Eretz. So on that basis, we can construct a society. But in main Torah, but if there is no such central mission of morality that binds us together, but it's Isha Yoshua Be'ed of it says in the book of Shofti. Everybody is doing their own thing. There's no, no, there's no unity. We're not unity and conformity. There's no central vision. There's no central idea to society. What are we supposed to be? So there ain't Derech Eretz. There certainly won't be Derech Eretz either. So then you have rioting and looting and all sorts of things and destabilization of society, dysfunctional society, dysfunctional families. Because ain't Torah. There is no Torah there. I heard an interview on the radio while I was waiting for the news to come on. Very interesting interview with an old-time Israeli professor. Uh, He was talking about Ben-Gurion. And he said, uh, you know, Ben-Gurion, whatever his shortcomings were, and all human beings have shortcomings, Ben-Gurion had a vision. His vision was that the state of Israel should be or lagoyim de satiha, should be a light unto the nations. We should create a state that the rest of the world would look at and say, look at that society. Look how they operate. Look how fair it is. Look how just it is. Look how charitable it is. Look at its morality because the original founders of the state of Israel, secular as they may have been, and even anti-religious as they may have been, but they had a vision. And their vision was they were going to build the perfect state. And they were going to build a state that the rest of the world would want to imitate. You don't hear that anymore. There's no one that gets up and says, we should be the Orla Goyim. 
Rather, you hear the expression of, we have to overcome this problem and that problem. We have to be prosperous, we have to be strong. But no one speaks about Orla Goyim anymore. I was very impressed by that interview. But he is uh, an elderly person, that professor. And I don't know if there are many more like him around who think in that direction. But that's what Revelozer Ben Azariah said. You mean Torah If there's no Torah, no vision, no spirituality, no sense of a higher calling, then there's no society. Then you know, then society becomes uh, only a question of uh, economics, government, but it's not a society. I think part of the uh, uh, unrest that exists in Israel today, I mean, I'm uh, so I hear the protests at Balfour very clearly. Part of the unrest is because there's no higher calling, nobody to. Nobody says the word that can inspire you. Nobody knows what they're doing. And the people uh, feel that. To a great extent, uh, the government has lost the confidence of the people. Because they leave empty. Not a question, you give money to him and money not to him. That's all of those are side issues. The issue is what are we as a people? How do we function as a people, as a society? Now I know it's very hard. You've got a coalition government, you've got 36 people in the cabinet. It's an impossibility. This one's pulling one way and this one's pulling the other way. So, you know, so he main Torah ain't derech eretz. There won't be derech eretz either. Society cannot uh, function long without direction, without this sense. And uh, that was one of the important lessons of Elizabeth and Azariah imparted to us. And then he said, I'm sorry. One second, let me read. He said, He said, in Yira. Knowledge has no benefit if it is not disciplined. Yira is disciplined. Unchecked knowledge uh, creates destruction in the world. A mad scientist. 
So if there is no Yerushalayim, and that's what uh, Yitzchak Avinu said to uh, Avimelech. He, said, he asked him, uh, how come you behave that way towards me? You hid from me the fact that she's your wife. And Yitzchak answered, there's no yira here. There's no fear. There's no no uh, boundary. And therefore, uh, how, how can you exist in such a society? So I would say the main problem in our universities today where there's a lot of Chochmah, but there's no Yira at all. And the only Yira is that if you dissent from it, if you say, I don't agree with it, then, oh boy, then it all depends on you. But and Yira also is a, an impending understanding of the fate of the future. That we are not only, so to speak, working for ourselves and our generation, but we are responsible for what's going to be down the line. And uh, that takes a certain amount of uh, perspective, caution, You know, uh, the, the we don't know how the coronavirus got out of China. Apparently, it was created or existed in that laboratory in Wuhan, and it got out. So apparently, there was no euro there that it was going to get out. So therefore, look what happened. Whenever you have chokhmah, you have to have euro. So Chochmah can create the atomic bomb, but it's only Euro that makes it that the world can survive with it. And when that Euro is gone, you mean Euro in Chochmah, then the Chochmah is of no value. Knowing a lot and being educated, all of these things are wonderful, but they're not the purpose in life. To have uh, it's a feeling of ira is a feeling of responsibility. If you're a responsible person, then your chachma is a value, is a value. But if you're an irresponsible person, you mean ira ain't chachma. What good is your wisdom? Yeah. I've often heard it said that. Uh, the people that ran the mafia in the United States could have been the greatest businessmen in the world, the greatest organizers. They had a great deal of chokhmah, but they had no yira, and therefore disaster came from them. So that's that idea of balance that Revolution Benazaria emphasizes here. Imein das. 
Ein bino, remain bino, ein das. Das is knowledge. Intelligence. Atachon ein lorum das. You gave us the ability to be an intelligent creature. To read books, to study, to create, to be inventive. And he also taught us Bino. Bino, again, is the true understanding of what we think we know. To be able to come to correct conclusions. I can know all the facts. What's the conclusion? And one of the things that I always remember from my law school education is that uh, on all of the exams, there was never a right answer. They presented all the facts and you had to argue. This side or that side. So the facts are presented. That's uh, the, the Chochmah is there. The Das is there. But where's the Bina? Because I know these facts, therefore what? What's the correct decision? How would you decide it? And we know that in life over and over again. Decisions that we make every day. Decisions in family matters. Decisions in business matters. We all know the facts. We all have Das. So without Das, we can't make any conclusion at all. You don't know what you're talking about. But if you know the facts, then you have to have Bino. You have to be able to deal with it. You have to be able to understand them and come to a correct conclusion how you're going to apply it. And that extends all over life. And that's why it's one of the brachas and shmonesses right at the beginning. Please help us have Bina. We're going to try and have Das. We're going to read every book on the subject. We're going to do research. We're going to look at all the journals. But you are the one that has to give us a sense of Bina to be able somehow to come to correct conclusions, to apply what we know uh, so that it will be beneficial and correct. Chazal's based on Shlomo HaMelech in Mishle, Chazal did not tolerate fools easily. And what was their definition of a fool? The definition of a fool was a person that knew a lot, but was an idiot. He made crazy decisions. It, he was... Uh, person that knew a great deal because I'll say the Shalom Melech said Pesi Yane L'chol Dover 
A fool has an answer for everything. And he's not ashamed to express it. But uh, is, is, there, is there wisdom there? Is there an idea to be followed? And therefore, uh, they, they warned against fools. In fact, they saw fools as being far worse than ignoramuses. Because an ignoramus can be educated. That can be rectified. A famous story about a shadchan that came to a father of a girl and he said, you know, I have a wonderful shidduch for your daughter. So he said, tell me about him. So he said, he's a great London. He knows how to learn very well. He said, good. He said, he's a great speaker. He knows how to speak well. Oh, great. He said, he's a writer. He knows how to write. That's great. So then the father said, well, then tell me, uh, be honest with me. What, what is his uh, defect? What's his weak point? So he said, um, well, I have to tell you the truth. He said, he's a fool. So the father said, Oy vey, a lambdan a fool, a writer a fool, a speaker a fool. Fool is a deadly disease. It destroys everything. So that's what we pray, that the Rabboni Shalom should allow us not to be fools, not to behave like fools. And finally, Kemach is uh, uh, literally flour, uh, bread. So that's what we said always, that Chazal were of the opinion that a person has to earn his way in this world. He should not be dependent upon others. Akiva said, Shot Navela Bishuko, be a hide skinner in the marketplace, which was the lowliest uh, unskilled job of the time. But you don't have to command anybody else. So if you have Torah, so then you'll know that how to deal with Kemach also. And you cannot have Torah without Kemach because we don't exist in an imaginary world. We exist in a world that people have to eat. People have the necessities of life. And therefore we have to have Kemach. But Kemach without Torah is like drinking salt water. Then it becomes the pursuit of Kemach itself, which can never be satiated, which can never be enough, and becomes something that dominates our lives. 
So we need that balance, always the balance. That's what Rav Lozer and Azariah stands for. We need balance. We have to be Chacham, Vina, Das. And uh, that was the idea that uh, the Balatanya created uh, when he, in his Sefer, and that's, that's called Chabad is Chochma Bina Das. The combination of knowledge, facts, of understanding, of vision, of control. You put it all together, that's what the Jew is. That's what the Torah wants from us. That's a great, great uh, challenge. It's a great mission. But we should never shirk from it, no matter what stage of life we're in. And to be able to judge ourselves, so to speak, on that kind of a standard. And then somehow the words of Elizabeth Azaria will ring true to us within our own personalities and situations. So I want to thank you all for listening and uh, this uh, Zoom session. And Emir Tzishem, uh, Thursday, we'll do the Parsha. And everybody should be well. And we'll get over the nine days. And it'll be uh, a period of blessing and goodness and health. Thank you very much.